Hey there, thanks for dropping in to listen to the Friday Reporter. I'm Lisa, your host, and for the last 25 years, I've worked in public affairs. And for those who don't know, that's where we take the hard questions for our clients from reporters. So to switch things up, I thought it'd be fun to flip things around. Remember that movie Freaky Friday where the characters traded places? You got it. That's the concept. So this time, we're going to ask reporters the questions. And we're going to have a little fun with it while we're at it. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the Friday Reporter. Today's guest is among one of my favorite Jersey girls and someone that I think has found a way to uh, not only go from having been a traditional reporter at traditional publications to uh, online publications and really has found her voice in a way that is incredibly fun and exciting and, and really sort of humorous and in a way that we can all really enjoy and follow along. Emily Singer is with me today. Uh, my good friend, Emily, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. I feel honored to that you think I'm funny. I appreciate it. I try. Well, maybe it's just that we're both from New Jersey and we think we're hilarious. Tell me though, Emily, tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah. So it's funny. I feel like my career has kind of taken the opposite track of a lot of people. I went from legacy media. My first job ever, actually, I was a copy editor at the Washington Post. And I started from there. I went to Roll Call, where I was covering House and Senate races for, I think it was five years. I can't even remember at this point. <laughs> That's a long um, time. Yeah, a long time. And then what happened was life kind of intervened. Um, my husband's job ended up being up in New York. And so I had to find a way to get up here. And you know, these traditional legacy outlets are hard to break into. And so I found some digital media outlets that would hire me and let me cover politics from New York. So I started at a place up here called Mashable, which I was not, not there for very long. Um, it didn't last. I think it was there for maybe three months before that went under and I got laid off. Um, yeah. And then from there, I went to another digital media outlet called Mike, which I was there for almost three years until that went under and I got laid off. Um, so I had two layoffs within three years, which is interesting. Two layoffs under the age of 30 was something I don't think I had envisioned for my, yeah. Um, and then, uh, I found myself laid off while pregnant. I found out four days after I got laid off that I was pregnant, which was an interesting place to be put in. And I, um, ended up finding this outlet. It's called the American Independent. Um, I kind of took off my veneer of objective reporter and I joined a progressive media outlet and I've been here since February, 2019. So yeah. Yeah. So it's been an interesting track that I've taken. I still cover politics just from a progressive lens. So yeah, you know, it's, it encompasses the same skills that I had before, but I just am looking at things for a different audience. Well, that's really a big switch. That's great. Uh, and probably a lot more fun. I mean, would you say switching from traditional media and reporting to more of a uh, progressive uh, platform gives you the ability to maybe speak more freely, have a little more fun with uh, the reporting itself? Yeah. Well, you know, I think the timing of it was was good. I think 
you know, the Trump years were hard for a lot of people. I think, I think a lot of people were frustrated and, you know, I think it would have been very difficult for me to not be able to speak my mind seeing all that was going on. So it ended up being good timing for me because especially the last few years of the campaign and especially the last few weeks of what we've seen going on, you know, there's just so much that I wanted to say and have been able to say that I wouldn't have been had I been at a different outlet. So. And Emily, what our guests may not know is that you've got a little person at home, you've got a busy job, your husband has a busy job. Tell me a little bit about how you're balancing reporting on a daily basis during these really super unusual times. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. You know, parenthood, I think, is hard no matter when you're going through it. But in the middle of a pandemic where, you know, you're always worried about what you're exposing your kid to when you send them to daycare. But at the same time, I mean, you know, there's no way you can work at home with an 18-month-old. I mean, you you look away for one second, and if you hear silence, you're like, oh, God, what's being destructed in my house? (laughs) Yeah, the the silence is the worst. Um, So, yeah, it's just been difficult. You know, my husband is, he's in big law, so his hours are 24-7. And so as much as he can help, he tries, but it all falls onto me when she's home here with me. So it's just been a lot of, you know, challenges of trying to, balance working and actually getting anything done with having her here at home. And like, sure, I could work when she goes down to bed, but then I've been up since, you know, I'm, I'm one of the lucky few who has a kid who wakes up at 5am every day. So I'm up from 5am and go, go, go. And then the last thing I want to do at 715 when she goes to bed is like, sit down and work, you know, you're exhausted. I feel like all of us just need a break. So it's just been a lot. Because the landscape is the way it is, because there's been so much transition uh, with the Trump administration really sucking the oxygen out of the ability to really tell a story in a way that uh, traditional public affairs uh, folks would ordinarily do with reporters. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what it is today that's working for you as it relates to pitches and and what is it that is really uh, your beat? What are you following? What is it that, that works for you as it relates to storytelling? It's a lot of trend stuff. So if you notice a trend that pertains to your clients, um, you know, a lot of we do is either this hypocrisy or someone changing their position based on who's in the White House. It's a lot of what I do. So when people will email me or text me to you know, show me some old tweets or old statements that totally contradict what someone's saying today. You know, that's something that I is very helpful. Um, I think a lot of what we do is we listen and follow some of these right wing outlets and try and figure out the undercurrents going on there and kind of figuring out like, oh, here's clearly what the talking points are and how it's either wrong or, um, you know, antithetical to the progressive view. That's the kind of stuff I write. So I think that's how I've been dealing with sources is just making sure that they, if they notice a trend or something they think that I'm interested in, they point out. I think it's less, I do less of taking pitches, especially from, from corporate stuff. Now it's, you know, so. And because this is the Friday reporter and because this is a podcast that will air on a Friday, I love to ask my guests, uh, what is it that you're most looking forward to doing this weekend? I'm trying to think. My my biggest um, source of fun in the pandemic has been going to Target. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like it's, I go there and 
Yeah, I got a toy. Yeah, it's, ha- it's happy. I, there's everything you could possibly want. I feel like Target is my mecca. Um, but my parents actually are now fully vaccinated. They live not far from us. And so I think we're going to be able to go and see them just break up the monotony of being in our house and going to someone else's house. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been able to really see them since last summer when we were all outside. So it's nice to finally, even though we're not vaccinated yet, know that we can't be passing something to them. So just the just that is a, a huge weight lifted. Emily, my final question to all of my guests on the Friday Reporter is, who is it in media that you think would be a good future guest for the podcast? Who would you most like to see join us? Hmm, I have to think about that. Um, trying to think of someone whose job is interesting or different. You know, I think these these opposition research reporters like um, Andrew Kaczynski, who I know has been through just a, a ton now, but just to know how he does his work and how he finds his stories would be so interesting. So someone like that, I think, would be fun to hear from. That's so great. And so uh, so would be a great voice and a great perspective for for this audience. Emily Singer, thank you so much for joining me today for the podcast. Thanks for what you're doing. Uh, keep up the great work. And uh, I hope to keep in contact with you and follow your career as it continues to grow and be super exciting and funny. Thanks, girl. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. And that's today's episode of The Friday Reporter. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.